let's come to the topic i've been when i've been feeling that i have no right standing here and preaching god's word because god's word has been really dealing with my heart we've been doing a study of the book of romans back home in our bible study and uh, the a series that i'm talking about in our church is about the truth about ourselves the truth about ourselves is we don't know the truth about ourselves we don't know the wickedness deep in our hearts we have learned to cover it up we have learned to be hypocrites and so god has been deeply speaking to me and so when i stand here and i speak i'm not speaking to you but i'm sharing with you what god has been doing in my own heart and my own soul so i pray that god will take the words that i speak and it will not be just another sermon i would be very disappointed it would be just another sermon but i pray that we will have an encounter with god this evening that we'll open our hearts to the word of god like we have never opened our hearts to god and if god convicts us we will have the courage to confess our sins and renew our fellowship with god that is my intention and that is my prayer and i pray god will be present in all that i say this morning when our brother was speaking <clears throat> he said true holiness is not the distance but the direction and he says we are talking about holiness because sin exists right if there is no sin we wouldn't be talking about holiness so in studying the book of romans chapter 1 verse 23 onwards you see the root of all sin the root of all sinfulness in verse 23 and exchange the glory of the immortal god for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles therefore god gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity and the degrading of their bodies that's the first thing why here it is sexual sin why has sexual sin entered into humanity why why what does verse 23 say what does verse 23 that exchange <laughs> do you think it's a sensible exchange you're exchanging the glory of the immortal god for the incorruptible god for mortal man corruptible man and you're going worse than that you're going to animals reptiles and so god gives them up to their sin God is giving them up to sin and this was it is sexual sin in verse 25 there's another expression to the same truth the same truth is said in another way verse 25 they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator so because of that God they gave them up to shameful lusts even the woman exchanged natural sexual relationship for a natural one in the same way men talking about homosexual relationships there so in all these verses they're talking about uh, sexual brokenness this has happened because we have taken god a removed god actually and 
given his glory to things that don't deserve it there is no match between these two finally in verse 28 he says this is going one step further further just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of god here they don't even want god in their lives they are totally and completely rejecting god out of their life and so god gives them up to their sin all right did you got the point why has man fallen into sin and brokenness why because they have replaced the glory of god for things that do not compare with him so my answer question is to you what is the way back what is the way we can come back to holiness if this is the way we are going towards sinfulness and if you if it's not just sexual sin if you read from verse 29 to 31 there is 20 a list of 21 sins mentioned there even disobedient if you're disobedient to your father and mother that sin is also included envy and murder and jealousy and all of those things are added 21 sins are recorded there all as a consequence of exchanging the glory of god for mortal and worthless things so if that is the root to sinfulness what did you say we're talking about holiness because sin exists so what is the way towards holiness what is the answer to come back to god uh, to holiness huh come back to god not only coming back to god but to give him the glory that is due to his name to give him or to make him the center of your life to make him the joy and the pleasure of your soul that is the way back to holiness coming back to god and giving him the glory Zero. Can you put this? There's a person there. Yeah, yeah, in the lab. It's a it's a PowerPoint presentation. I read a story which I want to share with you. It's a Greek uh, mythology. It's a story in Greek mythology. It's about a person called Ulysses. Now he is traveling by boat from Greek to Troy. and on the way uh, there are what you call sirens now sirens are some kind of creatures that make music that sing very beautifully what happens is when they start singing people are so attracted to it so taken by it that they go toward they turn their ships towards that direction and generally the ship is uh, uh, strikes a rock and it's broken and people die that's what happens so ulysses takes the challenge to go by uh, boat and uh, not succumb to this attractive music so what he does is he fills his boat with sailors and he plugs their ears <laughs> he plugs all the sailors ears and he keeps only his ear open okay only his ears are open and so Uh, as he comes closer what he tells his men is tie me to the mast mast okay so they tie him up to the mast he is tied up there and everybody else is block their ears and they come to the place where the sirens are singing and nobody can hear the song so they are sailing but this guy he's got his ear open but he's what tied so he's desperately wanting to go there but he can't go there why because he's tied he's tied to this mast that is how a lot of people try to overcome sin in their lives and that is how that's what i'm going to talk to you about that's what that's how people think we can ri- live a godly righteous life by tying ourselves even though in our heart deep down in our heart we want to do these things we are attracted to them 
but there is another person called jason now jason says i will do the same journey but i will not tie myself up that's not the way i'm going to escape from this attractive music of the sirens that will take me to my death so he takes people along with him and this time he takes musicians with him he takes an orchestra a choir with him and so as they near the sirens he asks the choir to sing beautiful music so this choir sings beautiful music and the music is so uplifting so wonderful so beautiful that he is no more hearing what the sirens <laughs> he has chosen a better way to escape the attraction of the sirens he has chosen something far more beautiful and far more wonderful if you are struggling with sin there is only one way for us to escape that find something far more wonderful and beautiful than those sexual uh, or the sinful things that are attracting you to commit your life to sin that ultimately will take you to the to death and that is coming back and seeing the wonder and the beauty and the glory of god in the face of jesus christ so to overcome our sinfulness the one thing we try to do is with rules and regulation that's my next slide with rules and regulations we try to uh, bring holiness turn to galatians chapter 5 verse 1 to 12 if somebody can read galatians chapter 1 5 verse 1 to 12 galatians chapter 5 verse 1 to 12 Paul is angry. <laughs> What is he saying in verse 12? What should be done to such people? Huh? He is angry. Why is Paul angry? Why is Paul angry? In verse 7 he says, who is stopping you from obeying the truth? In verse 8 he is saying, who is persuading to you to do things that doesn't come from God? In verse 1 and 2 he says, why who is trying to bring you back into the yoke of bondage when christ has set you free who is bringing you back into burden of the law in verse 1 and 2 that's what he is saying so what these people these false teachers were saying that faith in christ alone was not enough but you have to follow what mosaic law the law that is how you work out your righteousness by following the law 
and paul is upset and angry because this is not what god is teaching and unfortunately this is what is happening in the church today we have certain external uh, things by which we uh, we look at some person and say he is a righteous person he is a godly person he is a spiritual person he either comes to the meetings very regularly he is very active in the choir and uh, he is good at quiz and there are certain things that we look externally and we think that they are a godly person but that is not how godliness is me- is measured that is a false way that is what paul is trying to communicate to this people this is a different way paul says than the life that i have uh, i am talking about in one, verse 1 he says something what does he say in verse 1 just read verse 1 stand fast therefore in the liberty which christ has made us free and do not be entangled again okay there are two two kinds of people two groups of people what are they who are they free and slaves free and slaves so what is the slave trying to do what is the slave trying to do what is the slave trying to do how or how does the slave try to please the master how does he try to find favor by his presenting his works but the son is the free man is the son and the son is the heir so everything that belongs to the father belongs to the son so a lot of christians are trying to show their spirituality and righteousness by certain external behavior and that is the tragedy of the church and i can recount to you hundreds of you know examples about this but let me let me give you an illustration that i heard which very aptly portrays uh, in some ways where the brethren church has come this is a man who had a beautiful garden he tended it the roses all the beautiful flowers he tended to it but after some time he saw and he built a hedge around the garden to protect the garden after some time he saw a cat coming through the hedge and disturbing his flowers so he started repairing the hedge then he saw the cat coming through another direction and disturbing the roses he started repairing the hedge and then he got so involved in the hedge that he forgot the garden so we in the assemblies are thinking about the brethren pattern more than an intimate deep relationship with god that should reflect our spirituality this is the false way we if we are slave paul says if you are slave then christ has no value for you the work of christ has no value for you if you are going to show your spirituality and righteousness and holiness by keeping certain externals then christ is of no value you see when you do that and when you live that kind of life you are demeaning the work of the cross you are not appreciating what jesus christ has done for you on calvary that he has done everything that needs to be done to make you and me righteous before god to justify us in the presence of god it is by faith in the finished work of the cross it is through our intimate deep relationship with jesus christ that we come to that place so my dearly beloved i want to tell you this don't be a slave in the church of christ don't follow certain external things and leave your heart vulnerable because god is going to look at your heart he is going to see what is in your heart that is more important for the lord uh, and uh, uh, you need to uh, uh, understand that so a slave you know he dismisses the work of jesus christ but a son he for him jesus christ is his lord and master it's like be the you know the 
the older brother in the prodigal son story what did the older son tell the father when the father entreated him to come into the house what did the older brother say what did he say eh pardon the home the son but what does he think of himself as a slave and then he goes on to say i have not broken any of your commandments i have not broken any so for him what is religion what is his religion keeping rules and regulations that is his religion for him his he doesn't have a relationship with his father you know what did the father say when he said you didn't give me any calf to celebrate with my friends what did the father say as an answer to that all no before that he says something else huh before that he says something else i am always with you you see that is our greatest treasure that god is with us not what he gives us <laughs> that is all bonus <laughs> but the greatest gift that you and i can have is god giving himself to us and for us to think that we are servants instead of sons for us to think that we for us our religion is following rules and regulations i have not broken any but you tell me did the son have a relationship with his father from all these statements the answer is no and there are a lot of people in the church like that today who are trying to follow certain regulations follow certain patterns put on a you know a show of spirituality when their heart is far away from god when they do not have an intimate deep relationship with god when they do not appreciate god who has given himself to them that's why paul is angry and upset that's why jesus is up, upset with the pharisees and the sadducees because for them religion was externals their heart was like a grave it was like a clean vessel outside but filth inside and jesus christ tells his disciples your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the pharisees unfortunately that's the kind of people we find in the church today and that is something very sad and paul is angry about it paul is angry about it Paul is angry about it. So forsaking the way of a slave is forsaking boasting. So true spirituality how can you see it it is you see it when you see humility in people when you see people understanding that God has forgiven me a sinner. I have nothing to boast about. I live by his grace and his strength. So there are four things Paul is saying in verse 5 and that's what I want to turn your attention to verse 5 he says four things if somebody can read verse 5 loudly Galatians but by faith we eagerly await through the spirit the righteousness for which we hope So there are four things Paul is saying in that verse. Read that once again please. And I want you to notice and tell me what are those four things. Okay? Yeah. But by faith we eagerly await through the spirit the righteousness for which we hope. Okay. What are the four things? Huh? 
righteousness is is present or is it in future it is in future because what is written there as a hope all right that's the first thing we'll see righteousness as a future hope the second thing is so if it's a future hope what are we doing presently we are waiting we are eagerly waiting all right that's the second thing we're going to say and then waiting by our own strength through the spirit okay we are waiting through the spirit okay and then we're waiting by faith we are waiting by faith so these are the four things that we'll try and consider all right our hope our hope our our or the righteousness we are looking for is something that will come in the future okay that's what god is uh, uh, telling telling us through uh, this um, uh, this uh, verse so what is happening in the church of galatia is there some people were preaching a present perfect life you know presently you can live a perfect life that is what some people were preaching in the uh, in the church at Gal- uh, galatia you read chapter 3 and verse 3 what is paul uh, paul said in galatians chapter 3 and verse 3 are you so foolish after beginning with the spirit are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort so what is paul what is paul saying there you are beginning in the spirit and what are you trying to do now trying to attain perfection through what by the flesh by your own efforts by following certain rules and regulations righteousness is what we are hoping for we're looking forward to we are still in the presence of sin and jesus we are groaning now for deliverance we are struggling with sin if we can if we say we don't we are not struggling with sin if any of you say you're not struggling with sin what does 1 john say chapter 1 what does 1 john say we are a liar we are liars and we are making god a liar the truth is not in us so the struggle is there and but our hope is that one day uh, uh, read philippians chapter 1 verse 6 philippians 1 6 philippians 1 6 being confident of this that he who begin who he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of christ jesus okay so uh, what is what is ho- paul's hope what is paul's hope he who began the good work in me okay is salvation something you accomplished was it something you accomplished no christ has accomplished it for us on calvary how did you receive it through faith by grace all right that's how your christian life has begun begun but how can you continue that on in your own strength the, Gala- the some people in the, in in the church at galatia was telling it's good to start off by faith it's good to start off your christian but you cannot continue to live a righteous life in that way you have to follow certain rules and regulations of the law and they were talking specifically about circumcision now was paul against circumcision huh why do you say that why is paul not against huh he was circumcised anything else he circumcised timothy but why did he circumcise timothy what was the purpose for it there was a missionary context to it <laughs> so it was for god's glory it was for the extension of god's kingdom so he is not legalistic about it but when you are doing things 
that that will be boasting for yourself it was boasting when these people were getting other people circumcised they were boasting about it see the motive the motive is vital that's what made it wrong what these people were doing they were trying to take the glory to themselves so our righteousness is a righteousness that is uh, in the future or that which god is working in us god is working it and one day the lord jesus christ is to going to present us to the father how how is he going to present us to the father perfect perfect without any spot or a or wrinkle i am struggling today and it's not left to me to complete the race to become righteous if it was left to me would i ever be righteous would i ever be perfect tell me honestly would we ever be perfect no so my hope is that jesus christ will present me as perfect so that is my hope so what do i do i am waiting i am waiting all right i am eagerly waiting so this present life is a life of waiting romans 8:23 somebody read romans 8:23 now not only so but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies so in 824 roman uh, roman paul is talking about the redemption of our bodies in 55 of galatians we are talking about our moral condition and the redemption we will find for our moral condition but what paul is saying that in the meantime while we are waiting we are what groaning and what else what other word is used we are eagerly waiting for the redemption of our bodies and that will happen when the lord jesus christ comes so in your present christian life you will go through frustration as you desire to live a godly life as you desire to turn to god to see his glory and to make him the center of your life you will be frustrated you will groan you will be disappointed with yourself all of this happens when we are waiting so we are waiting that is our present like romans 7:24 what a wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death that is our cry constantly but we must not be indifferent to the righteousness of life we eagerly wait for it it's an eager anticipation it's not living our you know uh, um, um, immoral life in the in the meantime when we are waiting for our hope we are not living any more we are frustrated we are disappointed but we are uh, turning back to god and we are looking to him to work in us that salvation to bring us into the very stature of our lord jesus christ that is what is happening when we are waiting again we are waiting by what the spirit that's what he says in in chapter 3 verse 3 galatians what he says you began in the spirit now how are you trying to do it in the flesh can you do it the answer is no even the waiting even the waiting you and i cannot do without the help and the presence of the holy spirit of god it is through his empowerment it is through his working in our lives that we are able to even wait wait for that day so when we are talking about waiting for the spirit it is waiting for the grace of god it is the grace of god that will empower us and make is the gift of grace that will help us to live that way and finally he talks about waiting 
by faith. So if it is the Holy Spirit that helps us to wait, what is our part? It is Holy Spirit who is empowering us. What is our part? Faith. Now I'll explain that with this, this beautiful verse in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians 2 20. Read that verse and you try to understand this four <laughs> concepts from that verse in Galatians 2 20. Try to understand this concept from Galatians 2 20. Yes? I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. Christ. And I no longer live. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. But Christ lives in me. Through whom does Christ live in me today? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is living in me today. Okay, go ahead. The life I live in the body. The life I live in the body. body. With my imperfection. This is the waiting period. The life that I am living in my body, with my frailty. With my disappointment with self, with my weaknesses, with my tendencies of sin, I live it, huh? Okay, this is the waiting period, huh? And then? I live by faith. I live by faith. In the Son of God. In the Son of God. Who loved me. Who loved me. And gave himself for me. And gave himself for me. You got that concept in that beautiful verse? That's what it means. Our righteousness is a hope. We are waiting for it. But we are waiting in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Five more minutes, that's all. My time is up. Boy, I haven't even begun. <laughs> I haven't even started. I think I have to forget everything I have planned to speak. Uh, what I was going to talk to you about the next is, because this is one thing we do, we make rules and regulations for our righteousness. The second thing we do, we think that we are saved by faith, so our works don't count. It doesn't matter how we live. And Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 2. If you, I don't have time to read that, but you read that uh, when you go back to your home. When you have Romans chapter 2, he talks about this issue. In Romans chapter 2, verse 13, what does he say? In verse 13, it's, it must be a, it's a controversial verse uh, if you think like that. If you look at it like that, but you have to look at it in the context of what he said. Romans chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is not those who hear the law. It is not those who hear the law. Who are righteous in God's sight. Righteous in God's sight. But it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Who will be righteous according to Romans chapter 2 verse 13? Who? Obey the law. So, are we saved by works? Are we saved by works? We are not saved by works. But does works count? Yes. Because your faith, how will people know your faith? Huh? By our works. See, there is a... This morning we were reading in our devotions, Hebrews chapter 10. And we read this verse, that there is something called saving faith. Do the demons believe in God? Do the demons believe in God? Do they believe in Jesus Christ? So do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in God? What's the difference? What is the difference? Huh? This is not a saving faith because their faith is not exhibited in actions. So the way you live is important. Okay, I have no time to do this. Just turn to the next one. So what does it mean, doer of the law? Number one, doer of the law, what Paul is trying to communicate is the, some, the person who loves the law, God's law, Number two, who depends on, the, on his help to live according to truth that they have uh, uh, exhibited to us and then trust God for his mercy when they stumble. That's the doer of the law. They love God. They love his laws. They love his ways. They love his commandments. 
and they depend on God's help to live according to that and they know they will fail but they trust God for God's mercy they trust God for his mercy that door of the lord does not mean sinless perfection but somebody who dip, loves the lord and uh, wants to live according to the ways of the lord with the strength that he re- receives from the holy spirit and the grace that god gives him and that when he fails he knows that he can trust god and his mercy to find forgiveness and continue his continuous life next next slide please now <clears throat> beware of faith that produces no hope there is a um uh, uh beware of faith that does not produce hope colossians 123 colossians 123 Colossians 1:23 Okay so if your hope does hope if your faith does not produce hope what kind of faith is that it's an empty faith so beware of a faith that does not produce hope again another verse beware of a faith that does not produce love Galatians 5 verse 6 Galatians 5 verse 6 avails anything but faith working through love faith working through love so if out of your faith love is not produced your faith is a dead faith okay faith that produces no obedience Romans 1 verse 5 Romans 1 verse 5 so your faith must what produce you see if you read romans chapter 2 uh, paul says god is not partial okay and he will judge everyone according to their works and he's talking to the jewish people in a special way because they're looking at the jews and they're saying you are sinful fellows god says i'm not partial God says you Jewish people you're looking and pointing fingers at other people and saying this is their fault this is their fault this is their fault but you're doing the same thing do you think you want you will escape judgment God says no so beware of this concept that is somehow creeping into our churches that says i am i have put my faith in jesus i am saved it doesn't matter how i live i'll go to heaven you must question whether you have come into a relationship with jesus christ or not because if you come into a relationship with jesus christ you will struggle you will fall but you understand the grace of god you understand the mercy of god you understand god will forgive you and then you give your heart to to him the struggle for sin is very serious okay let me tell you one how much how much time i can take how much time time is up so i'll take 5 minutes and quickly finish all right you remember the story of david right chapter 12 chapter 11 you know, know what happened in chapter 11 so chapter 12 comes chapter 12 is when nathan comes to david and he tells him a story remember the story i don't have to repeat that you remember the story as soon as david hears the story what is his reaction he is angry <laughs> he he burns with anger and he pronounces judgment what is the judgment <laughs> he has to die right but in chapter 11 who is this not nathan said the story about whom was he telling the story who was the rich man who was the one who had so many sheep and lambs david he had many wives he had many concubines 
But he takes this one wife of Uriah, whom he loved. You know, you read that story that she was so precious to this man. He takes it. He destroys Uriah's life. And he can't see it. Can he see it? He can't see it. That is the way we, you and I are living our lives. We can't see our own sin. We cannot see our own heart. The wickedness of our heart. But we have perfect 2020 vision when we look into somebody else's life. We know exactly the mistakes they do. The problem is here. The problem is not following certain rules and regulations to deal with your... It's allowing the Holy Spirit as you're waiting to allow the Holy Spirit to take scriptures. You know, if James chapter 1, James compares Holy Scriptures as what? Anybody remember? James compares the Scriptures as what? As a mirror. He says, if you go and to a mirror, who do you, whose face do you look at? Your neighbor's face, is it? Some guys will do that, no? <laughs> but what is the purpose of a mirror? You see, even as you're hearing me speak, what are you thinking? This is a good message for that brother. That's the wickedness of our heart. We can't see what is here. We're cover, covering it up. You know, when did Nathan come to David? After how many, how many, how many, how many months? The child was born and the child died. So, from conception to birth, how many, how many months? Nine months have passed and this fellow has been going to church. He's going to the temple. He's writing psalms. He's worshipping God. He's singing songs. But what can't he see? The wickedness of his heart. He is executing judgment on, you know, see, we have the executive and the, and the uh, eh? judiciary. You know? But in those days, who was the executive and who was the judiciary? Who made the law and who executed the law? The king. So David was making laws and executing the laws. But it was all for somebody else, not for him. That's the way we live our lives. So James says, allow scriptures. When you are reading scriptures in your quiet time, allow scriptures to speak to your heart. When you are hearing a message, allow God to speak to you. That is the waiting period. That's what waiting means. That's what waiting in the spirit means. That's what waiting by faith means. You are allowing God's spirit and God's word to speak to you. There is another thing you should do. Shall I tell this in close? <laughs> Alright. You have what they call a 90-10 rule. You know what's a 90-10 rule? The 90-10 rule means, you, know, you see, we talk 90% of, or, to somebody else, which is all here and there things. And we will not speak the 10 things that we should speak to that person. The 10 things that will tell him, this is what is wrong with you. We will never speak because we are afraid we will hurt the person. But you will never grow spiritually. You will never grow into the stature of Christ. If you do not allow people to speak the final 10th person into your life. If you are not willing to listen to the final 10th person, then you will not mature. So you have to be a church where you come and make this covenant. Brother, I want you to speak the truth into my life. I am willing to listen. And you be willing to do that. Unless we do this, unless we speak into each other's life, unless we minister to each other, we will never grow spiritually and mature. You can be the best singing uh, church. You can be the best church who knows all the memory verses. <laughs> But if you are not allowing somebody to look into your heart and to tell you that you are wrong, if you are not willing to listen to the last 10% or willing to speak the last 10%, your church will never grow into the stature of Jesus Christ. We will be trying to cover up our lack of spirituality, our sinfulness by following certain external rules and regulations. So my prayer this evening is, that you will allow scriptures to speak to you. 
You'll allow the Holy Spirit to speak. You as you're waiting, you'll never reach perfection, but you will slowly grow. And a day will come when Christ will come back and then he will transform our lowly bodies with his power and make us like him. That is our hope. But in this waiting period, allow God to work in you, deeply in you, deeply in you. May God bless these words to your hearts. Shall we pray? Father, we pray and thank you for your word. Sometimes we are inadequate in communicating your word. Sometimes we don't know how to say what you want us to say. We are weak. We are broken vessels. But we thank you that you don't depend on us. It's not our cleverness. It is not our wisdom that is going to touch people's heart. But your spirit is going to take these words in all its brokenness, in all its lack of clarity. And you're going to take some word and you're going to touch people's life. I pray that those of us sitting here will be people who want to listen to what you want to say and who will open their hearts to allow your spirit and your grace to work deeply in us and to lead us in the path of righteousness. We pray that we will be like Stephen of old, a man full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Make us such people, Lord. To this end, we commit ourselves as we give you thanks and pray in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much for that uh, message. I think